Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. There are just a few strange items all over the world that seem to have a different energy about them. You know the ones. You feel uneasy when you are in their presence. But some are much more malevolent and may even carry a curse or are haunted by their previous owners. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we take a look at a very famous painting that changed many people's lives forever once they hanged it in their homes. Maybe someone you know even had a copy. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Welcome back to the studio, Anne. And how are you feeling this week? Hi, Renata. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What happened to welcome back to the studio? I'm all in a, a discombobulation now because he didn't go, Hi, Anne. Welcome back to the studio. I actually did say that. Didn't you not hear me? No. <laughs> okay. Right. I thought you just went, hi, Anne. Oh, no, not hi, Anne. Just, um, anyway. I said, welcome back to the studio, Anne. And how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just blow medications then? I could have sworn oh. I didn't hear it. Am, oh, I, am I going nuts? Oh, no, I am nuts. Mm. It's all right. Yeah. No, we're, we're nuts because we're, we've just, we've, we've found gold. Oh. We have found oh. gold. We're, we're all in a dither. <laughs> Uh, with our, I'm going to tell them no one. No, no, no one's no, allowed to know where this, our this gold is, came from. This is a secret you all have to kill us for. Uh, we have, or found... just wait another couple of years, and you'll get it anyway. <laughs> yeah, 
we have found gold with regard to our trip overseas and um, finding some haunted sites. So yeah, we that's were, all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, we were just getting overwhelmed, weren't we? Because there were so many amazing places. Yes. And yeah, we we just were getting overwhelmed and and couldn't focus, and we found a secret ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of secret ingredients, oh yes, how's Magic Mind going? Oh, I have finished my uh, Magic Mind, and I'm yeah. I'm seriously now I'm buying some I'm I'm going for it in the morning going damn I've I haven't got it anymore yeah no. uh, so I'm missing it I am definitely ordering more so uh we were uh we had a, a company reach out to us uh, if you listen to the last two hauntings podcast and they asked would we try this product called magic mind free of charge no we are not being paid we are not getting kickbacks or anything like that we just uh yeah we've got Free samples. Mm-hmm. We got a week's worth for both of us, yep. and we we said we would give our honest opinion, and we have now done the week worth of Magic Mind, and it has it has made a definite difference. It has. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. So you you get a little box with all of these uh, beautiful little. Um, oh, they're very nicely presented. Plastic containers with the juice inside and literally all you do is pop it in your fridge because it does taste nicer um, when it's cool. But it doesn't taste bad anyway. No, it doesn't taste bad anyway, but it's just nice when it's cold. And you crack it open in the morning and literally you slug it down. You can have a shake. You can have another coffee if you wish or you can have a coffee with it to sort of top up all the the zingy bits in it. But Well, I just can't go without a coffee in the morning. But actually, it can replace your coffee. It can. And I just... I. Nothing's, like my coffee. Yeah, nothing's going to replace my coffee. But There's that moment you just sip it and go, ah. It it tastes. It ta- I mean, you can taste the ma- matcha. The matcha green tea, yes. definitely. That's why you need to give it a good shake because yep. the matcha settles at the bottom. But you, but it's definitely uh, it's sweet. fruity. Yes, it's it's got not a sweet. overly sweet. It's no. just just fruity. Yeah, so it's and tingly. It's really nice. It, <laughs> It kind of gives you that sense that you're doing something really good for your body. And like like you said, we are not being paid for no. this ad. No, we are giving our honest truth. And I would have told you if I thought it was crap. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone knows me for my honesty. But we, we had some issues. We had trouble concentrating, getting through a task from beginning to end. We tended to procrastinate a bit. And um, I have found that it allowed me to concentrate more so I was able to sit down and finish a task which for my squirrel brain was quite unusual but I saw a profound effect on Renata yes I and we only just realized when we were away for the weekend on Sunday now when you travel with Renata (laughs) there is a thing you must note you do not speak to her in the morning until she's had a coffee she's got one in her hands and she's had been sipping on it for at least a good 10 minutes Mm -hmm. now on this particular morning she got her coffee and she was chirpy and she's bright and she's cracking jokes and I'm going who are you (laughs) who are you Yes. And then we suddenly realised it was the magic mind. Mm, yes, you were, that you were a different person. Yes, we need to get this infused into your arms <laughs> I know, right now. I know. So, um, yeah. Now, look, we also have a, a discount for you guys, and you have to use this in the next ten days. So, if you uh, put into the code. True Hauntings, where it says, do you have a promotional code? Then you will get the following offer. 
you will get 56% off your first subscription. So the subscription is where you uh, will sign up and they'll send you a month's worth each time. And that's what I'm going to go for. I'm actually committing to it because the difference I felt was that profound. Uh, or if you just want a one-off try, then you'll get, um, oh, what was 20%. That? 20% off yep. for the, the one-off try using our code TRUEHAUNTINGS. As I said, we get no kickbacks. Yep. You guys just get uh, a discount uh, based on us trying it, I suppose. Uh, and I'm going to be using that 56% discount to get my subscription. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we had a friend we were talking to about this. And one of the things that she said is that um, she has children who have a lot of trouble trying to take tablets, especially in the morning. And this might be a really great alternative to get them focused. Um, you know, if you are a really bad morning person and a bit of a, a grumbly bum, um, and I know like I am. Renata. Yeah. <laughs> this this has created some change for me. It really does. And it has. It's made me more focused. I have a real issue with trying to get out of bed in the morning. So um, I more easily do that. I am willing to really give it a long-term try yeah, yeah. because you are dealing with things that are um, – uh, they're they're real. They're not manufactured things. They're sort of real, natural. natural the word stuff. We're after. That's natural. Yeah. Uh, and so this is always going to take longer for your system to sort of get used to the changes and for you to see a greater change. But um, from what we have tried, it's worth taking. Yeah. So 10 days, guys, from when this podcast comes out, if you're going to give it a crack, do it straight away. But now we need to get on with the show. I don't know if this is really connected to this, but my aunt used to have one of those paintings. It was placed on the hallway wall and you always had to walk past it whenever you came into the house. It seemed creepy to me, even as a child. A few years later, I talked to my mother when I discovered the exact same picture in our living room. She had won it on a game night with my family, you know, one of those games where you roll the dices and either way you get nothing, a present, or you have to drink. A bit later, I read this story on the internet. I told my mum about it and she started feeling nervous around the picture. Next game night, which happened to take place a year later, she brought it back only for my aunt to get it back by coincidence. She hung it back up on the hallway wall. My mother hadn't told her about the story at first, but when she did, my aunt put it in the basement to rot away. This may sound like a typical thing where you hear a story and you get in too deep and start imagining things, but I later realised that when my aunt first had the painting, her husband cut off one finger at work. Nothing to worry about. But then my mother had the painting and my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Right after my aunt got it back, my uncle died from a heart attack despite being perfectly fine before. These might not be linked to each other or the painting, just events that happened randomly, but it still feels weird when I think about it.
Right, so we are talking about a painting that was terribly, terribly popular or a series of paintings that were terribly popular um, and this goes back to around the 1950s. And in most cases, if you walked into your grandma's place um, or even your mum's place, you'd have to be kind of our age (laughs) if it was going to be in your mum's place. This is a mass-produced print or set of prints that um, have on them a little boy in tears. With rosy chubby cheeks. Or or a little girl, actually. A little girl or a little boy in tears. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually a bit frazzled looking, as if they're sort of street urchins, children who uh, have been out on the street and aren't terribly well dressed and their hair is all over the place. But the tears are the big thing that you see. Oh, the tears are real. The tears that are running down their face. And it's called the Crying Boy series. And it's attributed to a painter who lived or was born around 1911 and died in 1981. Um, he signs all of his photo, his um, his paintings. And uh, again, like I said, these were really popular around the 1950s and they sold like hotcakes. Everyone had one. I remember them. Yes. I, I absolutely vividly remember them. Yes, and you can still find them in uh, op shops, opportunity shops, yep. um, second-hand shops. You will find them um, but on it. dare you take a, it home? <laughs> on occasion. This is the question. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hopefully we can answer that question for you. Yes. Now, he it's attributed to a Bruno um, Ad, Am, Amadio, Bruno Amadio, um, and sometimes um, by other names, Angelo Brigolin or Giovanni Brigolin, and is a creator of um, a series of these crying boy paintings. Why so many aliases? Uh, That's suspicious. I don't know. I don't know. Unless it's like I'll, a pen look, name. I'll explain to you in a minute. Oh, okay. And sometimes they were called the Gypsy Boys, um, although there's really nothing associated with the Romani people, um, but... I guess because they looked a little bit scruffy and like they were children from, you know, the street. Now, he was a a trained painter and he worked in post-war Venice as a painter and a restorer. Uh, And he did about 60 to 65 such paintings. That's a lot of crying boys. Why would you be fascinated with painting crying boys? That's disturbing. Yeah, and look, this is where you don't know much about this fellow other than he, uh, like, worked on the streets. He got fascinated with these children that were walking around um, and sort of begging, and he'd call them over and he'd sit down and he'd paint them. He'd pinch them, they'd cry, and he could paint them. There you go, done. And I, I think he thought that he was helping them out. Um, and he could give them a few dollars, which would mean that they could buy some food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so he he painted children from a local orphanage, which subsequently burnt down, um, which is a bit sad. Oh, and, that's interesting that it burnt down. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it's just everywhere he went, he would sort of paint these pictures. And, look, the, the reasoning behind the number was that, yes, he became fascinated with this little... Um, I mean, it would be frowned upon very much 
in, in these this day and age yeah. to be taking paintings or creating paintings of little children. Um, but she became fascinated with the subject and these pictures sold well. They did. So, you know, why why do you change something that's working? Yeah, making that's, a little bit of money. That's the formula. Now, we have um, a, a kind of a, a build-up of stories, and this is what you're going to tell about these paintings being created en masse and mm-hmm. selling very, very well. Mm-hmm. And You know which store picked it up, don't you? I think it was hilarious when I read which store it was that uh, no. bought it up. Woolworths. Oh. Woolworths printed it en masse. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course everyone bought it. And then strange things started to happen uh, in the houses where this painting was hanged. And this is where uh, we get the legend that is associated with the crying boys and that um, really you shouldn't be buying one and putting it in your house. Well, they didn't know it at the time because it was the shade, the tres chic, tres chic thing to have, a picture of a miserable child crying in your house. Yes. And they'd hang it up on the wall and people go, oh, I'm tres chic because I've got the crying boy painting. Yes. And, um, yeah, then, then, Yeah, I'm going to go back to um, the artist. Oh, yes, please. In a moment. Oh, okay. But the next kind of piece of this crying boy history was actually written by David Clark. Uh, and it was published in the good old Fortean Times. Fortean Times. And I've been trying to find that <clears throat> that article and I couldn't find it. Did you find it? Uh, in July 2008. Yes, well, yes, I did. Oh, cow. And uh, he <laughs> writes that the whole thing actually started in the in 1985, so quite a few years after these paintings were popular, popular and really all over the world. Uh, and it was because of a British newspaper called The Sun. Oh, surprise. Now, they published an article that was titled Blazing Curse of the Crying Boy. And this article was splashed all over one page. We do have a copy of it. We'll put it up on our True Hornings fans podcast page um, where you have the um, the picture of the crying boy painting yep. and the family or oh, do you dare open that article up inside <laughs> your house yes so it told of a couple who blamed a cheap copied painting of a boy child with tears running down his cheeks on the fire that actually destroyed their house in rotterham rotherham rotherham south yorkshire yeah. So the thing that made it really very bizarre is that the fire um, burnt everything mm-hmm. in the house except for the painting. <gasps> Satan protected it. Yes. Oh. So the and look, it would have all disappeared in the archives of of the stranger mysterious stories of the sun, except for one thing: um, a firefighter actually came forward and said that uh, he had attended at least 15 house fires where everything in the house was destroyed except for a painting of the crying boy that the family had bought um, in, you know, or or, or were given 
beforehand. Yes. Yes, so 15 oh, firemen is someone that's like if a policeman reported on that, you would be taking what they're saying very seriously because you would hold them in high esteem, someone of authority and respect. That's right. So the local fire brigade then started to field all of these calls from people who had a copy of The Crying Boy uh-huh. on their walls and uh-huh. have gone, oh, my God, what do we do? We've got this picture now. It is haunted. It yep. is cursed. It is. What are we going to do with this painting? And, of course, I would assume that the fire brigade just said, look, stop this. This is really ridiculous. Um, yeah, to, they actually did have to put out a statement. Yeah, to, look, just <laughs> just get it out of your house. Just get it out of your house. It's Look, if you're worried about it, get it out of your house. But they did do uh, a little bit of research because of all of this and they actually did you can find a YouTube video I think on um, on YouTube where they actually oh, really a YouTube they, video on YouTube <laughs> wow that's rocket science that oh, one. No, thank you they set one of these um, paintings on fire yeah <laughs> oh you've got to watch it okay. um, but Gotta be there the the thing is that in most cases this picture was actually as you said mass produced Mm -hmm. selling at Woolies and it was on a high density hardboard Mm -hmm. that was literally so fireproof the bugger wouldn't light up that's right (laughs) It was probably some cheap chemicals combination of something that is never going to burn or yep. decay on the earth. And yep. it was, that we <laughs> will all be extinct on the planet, but there'll be crying boy paintings everywhere because they don't. don't. The archaeologists will probably look at, it, look at it and say, this is the child God. <gasps> it's baby Jesus. <laughs> it's baby Jesus. And he's sad with humanity because he's crying. Yes, yes. The aliens will come down and find it. Now, the the sun... Oh, what a legacy to leave behind. <laughs> I know. <Gee. laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm my, feeling my better, brain, everyone. <laughs> my brain just going... <laughs> Can you tell I'm feeling better? Yes. I've had the tooth pulled. I'm feeling better. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. Oh, my head's going to the shroud of Turin and going, hmm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't go there. Um, <clears throat> so, far. the sun... Newspaper then added fuel to the fire. Oh no, they wouldn't, <laughs> would they? Boom, tish. <laughs> and they thought, oh, Halloween's coming up. What can we do? Ooh. So they did a call out on their um, in their magazine uh, newspaper, and they said to everyone, anyone who is disturbed by the crying boy painting, bring it in, and we are going to do a massive bonfire. And set all of the crying boy paintings that we get alight so that we can remove this curse from from England. Now, can can I just point something out at this this part of the story? Yeah. They're going to have a bonfire of the painting that cannot be burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that the best way to solve this issue? Well... I guess I guess they're trying to prove that it's not the painting, because yeah. if if it does burn, then it's not the painting. Oh, is this like the witch? <laughs> if the witch drowns, she wasn't a witch. Yes. But if she doesn't drown, she definitely was a witch. So we yes. must kill her by drowning her. <laughs> yes, that's that's correct. Oh. And um, so they printed lots of articles and scary stories all all heading up to Halloween uh, 1985, and they got hundreds and hundreds of paintings. They were collected by the newspaper and they were burnt under the supervision of the local fire brigade, who must have thought, thank 
God, this is going to be over. I, I reckon the the um, firefighter got um, hauled across <laughs> the burning paintings of the crying boy and I said, you have... opened your big fat mouth and look what you've done. I, I've got stories about all of that, so right. I, I will give you more. <laughs> all right. But they collected 2,500 copies. <laughs> Two. 1,500 copies. But there was supposed to be like 50,000 copies sold. Yeah, yeah. So there's still a lot out there. Yep. Ooh. Right, so they they claim that if you have a picture of the crying boy, um, that you must respect it. And, you know, if you talk to him and you appease him, then he'll bring you good luck. Peas and mashed potato yeah. and, and gravy. If you happen to get a picture of a crying boy and a crying girl, you put them together, right? So they're side by side, mm-hmm. and that's going to protect your house from any possible danger that's yeah. to come. It makes them both crying happy together. Now, in all of this kerfuffle, and we're going back to 1985, that's not too long ago. Not for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's people listening to this podcast that weren't born in 1985, just just to make you feel really old. Um, there was a fellow who was actually watching uh, and, and this whole story erupt and go forward. And his name was Gregory, or sorry, George uh, Mallory. And now Thanks, George, George. George Mallory was a retired school teacher and he was a well-respected researcher in the occult. And George found the origins of the painting because we all want to know oh, where did all of this start? Know. <laughs> oh, we want to know. I've been said. busting at the <laughs> seams to know. It's not all the extra cakes and crap I've been eating that I'm <laughs> busting at the seams. So let's go here. The actual artist was Franchot Seville, who also went by the names of Bruno Amodis and, and G. Bregolin, which, as you said, so weird, many names. weird that it has so many names. So Seville explained that in 1969 he found a child wandering the streets of Madrid and the child was obviously a street kid. He did not speak, but he had very sad oh, eyes. Oh, he was mute. So he decided, not he, but the, the artist, uh, Bruno, decided to paint him. And a local priest identified, he showed, um, after the painting was done, he showed the people that were around in the village, and a local priest identified him as Don Bonillo. Don Bonillo. Don Bonillo. Who was a child who had run away from home after seeing his parents die in a house fire. (gasps) It's all explained. So the priest then warned Seville to stay away from the child, as wherever the child seemed to turn up, there were mysterious fires that would break out. He's a pyromaniac. And the villagers started to call this little kid El Diablo. Oh, not the devil. The devil. So this is why this little one was uh, stuck on the street. What a terrible thing. So Seville kind of went, oh, this is all ridiculous, I don't believe this. This is a poor little kid. I'm only, I'm Aww. actually going to help him out. Poor tiny and so tot. he ignored the priest and he started to get the boy back uh, to be an ongoing model for more artworks. Yes. It's <laughs> oh, mm. very bad. <laughs> hey, little boy, let me come paint you in my studio. Do you want to see my etchings? <laughs> Oh, we've got the famous wheeze back. <laughs> Yay! Oh, so the paintings 
the painting sold very well. Everyone but, wanted the little boy. <laughs> but then, but then, but then, but then, um, there was a bizarre fire that broke out in Seville Studio. Oh, well, there you go. And, of course, what he did is he turned around and he cho- ch- he accused the child of, yep. of arson. It is the boy. Is, That's it. You know, you shouldn't do that to El Di- Diablo anyway. Well, I mean, if he's <laughs> from, from hell, he loves fire. Fire is a fabulous thing. So Benillo uh, ran away and that wasn't the last time anyone actually ever heard of him um, until until yeah until, until uh, many many years later the body of a, a young man who was around the age of 19 by that stage was identified after a very terrible car crash and it is believed that it was Don Benillo yes the car was a charred wreck as was the bodily remains found inside but miraculously a wallet was found in the the glove box Blocks, the glove blocks, blocks. the glove box, yeah, and slightly charred with a license revealing it was Don Bonillo, Bonillo, El Diablo, El Diablo. So, isn't that strange that he actually died, Mm. you know, in such a terrible way, and that Seville actually had his um, studio burnt down? I mean, is this this is and he had witnessed his parents die as well. Yeah, it was like this just horrible circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. It's a curse. Now, I've got a little bit more information about the. painter the artist Mm -hmm. but i want to hear some ghost stories first oh well i'm not just doing ghost stories my friend i am delving deep into the story okay to find out the truth and the furfies okay but first guys don't forget you've got 10 days for magicmind.co go to the website magicmind.co enter in true hauntings and you can get those discounts. So it's a 20% for a one-off. Yep. Um, or if you subscribe, it's a huge whopping. 50-something percent. Of, 56%. I, yeah, was it? I can't, I've, yeah. I've lost my screen in front of me. Yeah. But uh, listen back to the start. Don't forget the code True Hauntings. And I don't know if you listened to the podcast last week, but there was ashwagandha in there, which my husband has been trying to ram down my throat for months. That really helps with anxiety Mm -hmm. Uh, because I was getting myself a little worked up occasionally. You were. So he was, oh, thanks, Renata. (laughs) You've been sick for weeks. I have. I've been sick for the whole bloody year. Uh, So, um, yeah, he's, and I I did notice a bit of a difference when I was taking the ashwagandha, Mm -hmm. but the Magic Mind made the biggest difference of all, so magicmind.co, we'll put it down into the information below uh, the podcast. Um, and True Hauntings is the, the code. Ten days, guys. Ten days from today. Get in there and get it. Yeah, this is an opportunity to try it. I mean, like I said, we, we're pretty chuffed with it, so we're going to yeah. get some more. But um, So if you're said- struggling with... Um, you know, lower energy, procrastination, <clears throat> uh, concentrating energy, if you need more focus... Give it a try because, honest to God, and I'm once again I'm saying we're not getting a cent for this, not one cent, uh, not even any more offers of free bottles, which we'd love, Magic Mind. <laughs> um, so please, yeah. if you if you want to make a difference in your life, give it a go. Let, yeah. But let's let's get on with the the my bits now. Now, 
I I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of information that was out there, and I ended up stumbling across this listverse.com, 10 Unsettling Truths About the Crying Boy Painting Curse. And that gave me a really nice framework mm. for... The story, because I've got, as Renata knows, when she came in, I've got bits of paper everywhere and I'm underlining and scribbling and I I hope I won't jump around as much as I normally do mm-hmm. because Magic Mind has helped me. But And look, if, if your family owns a copy of one of the crying boys can you let us know has there been send, any issues send us a message send us the painting Renata would love to put it in her house <laughs> <laughs> hey could solve a lot no, of problems no, Renata no could solve no, no, a no, lot no. of problems no, I, ain't have, I ain't having that anywhere near my house but if you have a painting um, or you know anyone who has had a painting let us know and let us know if anything's happened because this is really really weird now, uh, some of the stuff you've you've covered, right? So I will just reiterate, just, just reiterate, yes. and yes. briefly go over it. Yes. So we've got the paintings were signed by Giovanni Bragolin, Italian painter, who doesn't exist, right? Just so you know, um, the true artist was supposedly Bruno Amadio, uh, and as you said, Franchot uh, Seville is the other name. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a whole series of the Crying Boy. Uh, paintings, uh, mass production, supposed to be 50,000 prints sold. Um, it was the only artwork that um, Amadio had any success with. However, the images weren't terribly nice. They're, they're showing suffering, despair, longing of innocent young children. And that immediately started people thinking, is he abusing the children? Yeah, red flag, red flag. Yeah, red flag there for me. Um, and did he specifically frighten them, terrify them as he painted them? So mm, they were calling the little boy El Diablo, but is the painter themselves the devil? Right. The subject, as you said, was meant to be an orphan, a mute orphan, little street urchin. Um, and we go on to the whole thing about the parents and the fire. Then a series of fires were breaking out. Um, I mean, is it possible that this, this child had some sort of abilities? Has he been in duress mm. that he is a fire starter? Remember mm-hmm. the movie Firestarter? Yes, yes. Which is um, the type of the PK ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's mm. psychokinetic. Yeah. So that could be what happened there, particularly if this artist has adopted him and he's now living in the studio, which supposedly caught fire. If he was under duress there, then <clears throat> fires would start, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And we do hear a lot of this sort of stuff, not as much in um, places like America and Australia and uh, England, but in India, these fire starters and mm. in um, yeah the Philippines and places like that, fire starting poltergeists seem to be everywhere. Yeah. So we, uh, we then have it backfiring on the artist where he's, Artwork then started to become known as a jinx and nobody wanted any of his paintings, let alone commissioned him to paint something brand new because they they just didn't want to have anything to do with him. So that's then left him out of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And is it possible that the boy died from a car accident? Yeah, possibly. But I don't know. Is there actually any proof 
that this happened? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Was he hidden away for all of that time by, by the artist who then sort of said, well... You're here. You, I'm. I'm keeping you alive. I'm feeding you. This is the best life you're going to have. Yeah. Um. So, I want to just go back to the artist himself. Do you know that it wasn't just the one artist? There was other painters who painted this style as well, and the other one, the crying boy, because I suppose once one person does it and they have success with it, other people are going to give it a crack too. There was a Scottish artist, Anna Zinkierson, who also painted the uh, crying children photos. Mm. It was very popular amongst the the working class communities, Mm -hmm. um, maybe because they suffer so much themselves trying to make ends meet that they could really relate to it. Mm -hmm. Don't really know. But it was popular amongst women as well. All right. Now, I'm I'm switching between my notes. So now we move along to the house fires, supposedly over 60 house fires. But wait for it. There's more. The first one to be reported was the Ron and Mary Hall in 1985. As you said, the... uh, the newspaper got hold of it, and as soon as the newspaper got hold of it, more cases started coming to mm-hmm. light. Yep. There was a pizza parlour that fell uh, victim to it. Uh, but what they're not mentioning and not what they're not highlighting is that there were other causes of these fires which were much more mundane, but because of the fact they had this crying boy 
painting there which seemed to survive the fire. Yes. It was attributed to the crying boy. Now, the one that, the very first one that was reported in 85, they had a chip pan on the stove. Yes. Which caught fire and burnt down their house. Yeah. And the the weird thing was that this painting had fallen face first onto the ground and survived. Uh, in other cases, there were people who had left radiators on or oil heaters on or uh, had, had cigarettes in bed. There was all candles. There was all these mundane explanations, electrical fires, bad wiring, as to why this had happened. But because of the presence of the crying boy painting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they all got very worried about it. And of mm-hmm. course, it doesn't help. Painting haunted. Th- that's it. Uh, that you have someone like uh, Alan Wilkinson, who was from Rotterdam. I don't know if you say that properly. Rotterdam Fire Station, who has personally logged 50 fires where crying boy paintings survive. Um, he was very sceptical but could not explain how the artwork survived. But his wife, his wife had the own theory, her own theory, which was, I always say it's the tears that put the fire out on oh, the painting. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it? But that was one of the things that then kicked off as to why the painting was surviving. It uh-huh. became a part of the law or the legend sur- mm-hmm. surrounding this uh Phenomena. Now, we go on here to the... um, Oh, I thought this was a very funny side note. Wilkinson, Alan Wilkinson, who had reported to the paper that, you know, he had those 50 fires. When he retired, they presented him with a framed print of the crying boy. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? His house burnt down? No, he said he didn't want it in his house. (laughs) That doesn't help. Oh, no. That really doesn't help. Now, at this stage, they uh, brought out Chief Divisional Officer Mick Riley from the Yorkshire Fire Service to issue a statement. The reason why this picture has not always been destroyed in the fires is because it is printed on high-density cardboard, which is very difficult to ignite. Um, That didn't convince the public at all. They were still saying, that's it, it's cursed. And then I found in another article... I thought you'd like this. Um, the same said person, Mick Riley, uh, was offered a picture as well of the crying boy, <laughs> and he wouldn't accept a copy of the print as, as a gift, saying, my wife wouldn't like it and it wouldn't fit with our decor. <laughs> now, it makes you wonder a little bit. Yes. If they, these guys are coming out and saying, oh, no, this is you know not what it's all about. Yeah. But they're refusing to have one in their house just in case. Yes. <laughs> now, all this nonsense started with, uh, as you said, the sun. Now, there is a story about the uh, editor, I think it was, of the sun, which I have here, who was really well known for his genius in finding stories that would... Kick off, I think it was what he used to to call it. Uh, so we we would now say go viral. <laughs> yes, we would. So um, the the person that's believed to be the father of the crying boy curse is Kelvin McKenzie. 
Oh, what? Well, the father of the crying boy yes, curse? Yes. So in the mid-80s, uh, the Sun was engaged in a big battle for readers with its Fleet Street rival, the Daily Mirror. Uh-huh. So they were responsible for publishing a series of horrific and bizarre stories with tenuous origins, to say the least, such as Freddy Star Ate My Hamster. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember some of those titles with spaceships and things like that and anal probes. So <laughs> the what he would like to do is he would like to try and find a story that would normally end up on the back page somewhere, mm-hmm. dig it out and create what he called a great splash with it. Mm-hmm. So this crying boy story and the, the, the painting surviving came across his desk and he saw the potential in this one that was going to be buried up the back somewhere. And he said, this one's got legs and it's going to run and run. Mm -hmm. So on September 5, 1985, they ran the story. Uh, They had so many readers that were absolutely horrified and claiming to be the curse victims of this curse. Mm -hmm. And they were flooded with calls. And of course they're going to run this story now. They've got, Everyone's coming in on it. So they actually ran it for a few weeks, I think it was. Um, six, oh, yes, the, uh, a few weeks, yeah. They were all living in fear that they were jinxed and um, the paper started to put words into their, what we would call clickbait, mm-hmm. into their headings of their newspaper. So you guys all think you started this off. No, let me tell you, the sun had it first. They used words like curse, jinx, feared, horrified, all stuff that was this real sinister, foreboding sort yeah. of stories, and people were flocking to it. They yep. loved it. Uh, it would take their mind off their mundane yeah. life. And you could blame something else for their misfortune. Yes. So typical news stories uh, were um, all my paintings were destroyed except the one of the crying boy. Uh, that was Dora Mann from Mitchin. Uh, there was another lady called Sandra Kasky. Uh, her Sister-in-law and a friend had all suffered disastrous fires since they'd got copies. There was another family from Nottingham, uh, blamed the print for a blaze which had left them homeless. There was another man called Brian Parks, whose wife and three children needed treatment for smoke inhalation. Um, uh, And he had destroyed his copy after returning from hospital and he came back to find it hanging undamaged on the blackened wall of his living room. (laughs) Oh, no. That's terrible. (gasps) Does the Warrens Museum have a copy? I was getting asked that question. Oh, my God, you read my mind. Get out of my mind. (laughs) No. So, as you said, um, they've created this problem now, the the Sun paper. Oh, they've brought it to everyone's attention. Yeah. So everyone's heading around and having a look. And, like, the, the... Father said, enough is enough, folks. If you're worried about the crying boy picture hanging in your home, send it to us immediately. We will destroy it for you. And that should see the the back end of the curse. So that's what you mentioned. Uh And they ended up with two and a half thousand. Apparently there was um, stacks and stacks and stacks of them. Somebody thought it was a great idea to replace the picture of Winston Churchill on the wall with the crying boy painting. And uh, Kelvin said, no, I don't like it. Tuck it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they had this massive bonfire which they considered considered to be an exorcism yes. of the painting. Yes. But the way they went about it was slightly unusual in that they they used to have I think it was called page three 
ladies, the, yes. the, the ones yes. that were scantily clad. Yes. Um, so they, they did want to have the fire, the burning on top of a building, but the fire marshal said no. Mm-hmm. So this is why I think um, they allowed it to happen elsewhere because they knew it's going to happen and they wanted to supervise it. So they did have someone supervise the burning, mm-hmm. um, but... They had scantily clad models who were also dumping paintings into the bonfire. Oh. Because we need that in every exorcism. Maybe that's why the other exorcisms haven't worked. <laughs> they didn't have bikini models that were throwing the holy water or something like that. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the idea of this whole thing was to have something public to then make people think it was finished. It was done. It was done. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. So there was somebody from the BBC radio who decided they wanted to look into the Crying Boy series and they sort of um, reignited it, so to speak. No pun intended there. Um, and they bought a picture of the Crying Boy and apparently going to pick it up. He was inexplicably delayed on his destination several times. And then they attempted to burn the print to see what would happen. So mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to do some a little bit of scientific work here around it now what they did find is that beyond the string the artwork didn't really burn so maybe it was a fire retardant varnish that was used on it but what it did explain is why it was always found face down because the string would burn which would then cause it to fall Mm -hmm. landing face first Mm -hmm. i liked that that explanation but it it did still sounds cursed yeah, to me. Other people started looking at it as well. Apparently, it turned up on season three episode of Weird or What with William Shatner. That was in twenty twelve. That wasn't that long ago. There are fan clubs of the the Crying Boy fan club. What? Yep. There is a forum on unexplained mysteries where people are still arguing about it. And the one, the uh, article I, sorry, the soundscape I took it today was from uh, Reddit, somebody's personal story. Uh, And on February 2nd, 2022, Hanbury Arms Haunted Hotel and Museum posted that they currently have several crying boy paintings on display, proving that the urban legend isn't going away. And they haven't burnt down yet. Now, I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit um, because there were so many really good things I found. And I tried to weave it all together, but I just got too excited. Can, can I just, can I just oh, tell yeah, you that well, I've done a, a quick search? While I paused briefly, yeah. yeah and uh, there are three groups here <laughs> online, Facebook groups. The Crying Boy Pictures, Legend or Curse. They've got over 2,000 members. And it's a meeting place for keepers of the crying boy girl pictures and a place to tell your story about these oddities. Then you've got the crying boy. It's only got 11 members. Um, and it's... Uh, 11, other, that's, a, 11. that's a wildly active the crying group. boy paintings just harmless portraits of poor dirty street urchins or is there a sinister curse beyond <sighs> those teary eyes? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the crying boy, one of the most... Uh, controversial paintings in the world they have 65 members wow 
It's obviously very popular. All right. So not only these stories of the burnings were happening when the, they had put it into the paper, several other things popped up as well. There was one that really had me scratching my head, but I'll, I'll ask for your opinion on that. Um, other people claimed they had seen their print swinging from side to side. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one lady that said since I brought it in uh, 1959, it wasn't out then, was it? I didn't no. think it was out no. till the 70s. Anyway, uh, no. my, my three sons and my husband have all died. I wonder if it's the curse. But this is the one that really confused me. Um, another from Painton said her 11-year-old son had caught his private parts on a hook <laughs> straight after she bought the picture. Oh, <gasps> there can only be one. <laughs> Oh, maybe there is only one now because one had to be removed. It was caught on a hook. Um, don't understand. Oh, that's terrible. Poor little pumpkin. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> little nugget. Oh, dear. Uh, all right. There, there's some other anomalies here. Now, you mentioned that they were trying to go to... Um, experts to get information. Mm -hmm. So the journalist started to go to folklore and occult uh, people to try and get explanations and Mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't buy into it. Renata, you on TikTok again. (laughs) I'm going into these groups. I'm fascinated now. So, yeah, the, the, the interview didn't go the way the journalist had hoped because she just wouldn't say it was satanic, that it was cursed or anything like that. There was no reason why these paintings were attached to anything. Because she wouldn't mention witch or Satan or curses, they went off and found someone else they could talk to. So Uh that's selective journalism. Mm -hmm. And this is something you should be aware of. Um, Anyway, there was another person called Roy Vickery, Secretary of the Folklore Society, was quoted to the effect that the original artist might have mistreated the child model in some way, adding that these fires could be the child's curse, a way of getting his revenge. Is that how that rumour started? Because mm. there is no proof whatsoever the child was even real, mm-hmm. uh, never mind mistreated, but it makes a great mm-hmm. story and people love a great no, story. No, we had that father, the father, whatever his name was, in the little village who oh, said, the priest. yes, that this child was real. I'm just, I'm just keeping with that, the, I'm keeping mm, with the scenario of the story, mm, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. No? Look, <sighs> It's, it's hard to know where to go with all of this. Uh, all right. We're, they're, they're talking about this story now sort of begins to morph into a mod- modern legend. Uh, and we've now got things starting to come out that you, you'll have good luck if you get the crying girl and the crying boy together. Yes. Or that they cancel each other out. Yes. These all seem like somebody has said something at some stage or other and then that little snippet has taken legs and run mm-hmm. uh, and then it becomes urban legend or law for the, for the people in, involved <sighs> but i think it's it's a way of giving people hope as well that have bought this painting that there might be some good in it mm-hmm. so it's like you know re retelling this story in a different framework and going well 
you know, maybe not necessarily the crying boy is going to curse everyone. If you treat him well, because he wasn't treated well in life, mm. you will have good luck. And there, look, there is a comment here that the story of the badly treated by the artist was gaining popularity. Few cared that there were several different paintings and artists. It was just the crying boy. Uh, and that the... The idea that he being badly treated was a throwaway remark offered to the son a decade earlier. So it's just somebody who has said something and, yeah. as I said, grew yeah. legs and ran. Mm-hmm. Now, in the year 2000, there was an author, Tom Slemon, uh, who's revived the story in his book called Haunted Liverpool. And if I remember correctly, it's Haunted Liverpool 4. Hmm. Now, I'm just going to read what's written here because I don't want to get in trouble. So the books are presented as non-fiction, but are largely unreferenced. Like many other in the genre, the stories they contain are presented in an entertaining narrative style, which appeals to a mass readership. In his entry, The Crying Boy Jinx, Lemon states as fact that the head of the Yorkshire Fire Brigade has told newspapers that The Crying Boy print has turned up in the rubble of houses that he mysteriously, that had mysteriously burnt to ground. Now, that is actually incorrect. That's not what was said at all. So, it looks like things have been twisted Oh, sorry, he said that the picture was evil and the, the, the fire chief refused to comment. But it's it's been made into this evil artwork because it's going to make a good story. Now, the other thing I want to point out is that if there were 50,000 copies of this sold mm-hmm. and we now have um, a handful of houses or whatever it is that have had fires yeah. to some degree in there... That's that's a very small percentage of the actual amount of paintings out there. Mm-hmm. And those houses, or there would be a certain percentage of fires naturally or through you know, doing the wrong thing yeah. in your house, not yep. being safe, yep. that would have happened. And it just happens that this picture is in there. Well, it's probably the picture was in almost every house back then. Yeah. Now let me uh, let me tell you this story here because you're going to like this. Um, you mentioned the retired schoolmaster from Devon, George Mallory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to have traced the original uh, origins of it. It was an old Spanish portrait from French Seville. And according to the author Slemon, um, the subject of the paintings was a little street urchin and there was a Catholic priest who identified him and all of this. It goes on and on. Um, and also the, about the fire cry, all that happened as well. And, you know, um, they actually can't find any paper trail on any of this. Um but it does make a good story, doesn't it? <laughs> the yes. source of Slemon's story is unknown and the mysterious George Mallory proves to be untraceable, um, as is Francois Seville and Giovanni Bragolin. Mm. Yes. But it does tidy up and make a really good story that I'm sure they could make a movie about. I'm sure there will be a conjuring about it. Oh, that's given them an idea. Mm. Mm. Right. 
Now, there is one thing we haven't covered yet, which normally pops up in every one of our stories. Mm -hmm. A medium. Oh, I didn't know there was a medium in this one. I've got a medium involved. I knew you'd like that. So they, they... had a TV show which um, they went to someone who had one of these pictures in a cafe and all that sort of thing and um, they brought in an expert. So they brought in firstly the the gentleman that wrote this article which, oh where is it? Uh, I'm losing bits of paper again Renata. Um, But he was the first expert that came through and gave the opinion of what he had researched and found out. Next, they brought in a trance medium who was asked to tune into the painting. Now, she knew nothing about it. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Nevertheless, within minutes, she was able to divine not only a direct link between the painting and an artist who lived in Spain, but also a sensation of burning and visions of a car crash. Wow, she was even she's able to good. oh she is she was even able to name the little boy involved in the crash as din din don den <laughs> Isn't that a nursery rhyme din don den oh <laughs> uh, this was enough to convince the the more superstitious members of mm-hmm, the team mm-hmm. that there really was something in the curse now the show ended up with the team agreeing to destroy the copy of the crying boy outside the cafe in order to disperse any su- surviving evil influence that poor little fella um, the print was doused with petrol <laughs> and attempts were made to ignite it three attempts were made before the print finally succumbed to the flames to the great relief of Scream Team. So that was the name of the show, Scream mm-hmm. Team. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, man, what do we do with this? Uh, but before I go any further, I should acknowledge drdaveclark.co.uk where I did get um, quite a bit of this information from. So... Have I left anything out, Renata? Because I know you did research on it as well, and I've just ended up with notes everywhere. I'm mm-hmm. just there is so much on it. But firstly, we've got the painting by an artist with several different names, and historically they're having tracking trouble even finding those names. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got fifty thousand paintings being sold, um, and uh, several house fires. Yes. Um, or phenomena. Mm-hmm. We've got the media whipping up a hysteria mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they need to sell more papers than the other one. Yes. And somebody who has a talent for finding that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We've got journalists who are seeking experts who will only give them uh, quotes that they want to use yes. for the newspaper. Yep. Uh, we've got the um, the various people who have been used as experts for a book being non-existent. We have the stories of the priest and the young boy, Don, who um, also they're not able to track these people historically. Uh, what is going on? Mm. Well, it can be a big cover-up so that no one finds the truth. Oh, I never thought of it like that. You know, because, you know, if, if you sort of dust over the, the trail and the trail gets lost, then, you know, the, the legend and the curse, because, you know, the demon is looking after that curse. You don't oh, want the they're evil. Going to, they're going to be tricky. Are you putting demon in yes. there for SEO? Yes, because, you know, if, if the demon is, is covering up, you know, the ability to find out the truth, it's, it's creating that sense of that energy still being there 
and, you know, it will just go on and on and on, creating havoc in people's lives. You've got um, groups coming up on the internet that are still uh, interested in this story and they're continuing to look at what is happening to the people that they're own... fans of it. ...own this crying boy. It's, it's like the bloody Annabelle doll. It's, yes, it's, it's there and it's real. And, you know, if you go on the internet and you look for information, that's got to be the total truth, doesn't yeah, it? It does. Of course it does. Mm. Logic doesn't make sense whatsoever. And the thing is that the, the stories are perpetuating. So when we do our research, what we find is that the biggest stories are always the ones that have the clickbait in them. Yes. They come to the top of the searches. And oh, that just floats to the top like And if you cream. want to actually look for any further information, that might be seven, eight, nine, ten pages back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got a twist for you, Renata. First off, do you think this is a true haunting? No. Okay. Let me give you a twist. Did you know that one of our volunteers of our Frightfully Good team bought one of these pictures? What? They found one in an op shop and I vaguely remembered it. I'm trying I think it was Ivy. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm pretty convinced it was Ivy. She bought one. Right. Do you remember what happened? No, I don't. They had a big fire in their kitchen when her partner left. Oh, yes. Yes, we were in Dubbo <gasps> when it happened. That's right. They had a fire. And then they had another fire not long after that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that a coincidence? Oh. Now, if I gifted you one of these paintings, would you hang it in your house? I wouldn't hang it. In, I wouldn't hang it. I'd keep it in the house, but I wouldn't hang it. Because it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't go with It just with won't go with your house. No, it doesn't no. go with your decor. <laughs> Whatever My decor. My husband wouldn't like it. Whatever decor it is. Oh. <laughs> it's circa 18, I mean, 1990 to yeah. 2020. I did send Ivy a message to confirm whether it was her that had bought it, but I haven't heard back from her yet. Right. So I... I just thought that was a very interesting little twist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to add to the end of the show. Oh. So what's your thoughts, guys? Do you think this is a true haunted painting or do you think this is a furphy? Oh, Renata's just waved at me. Renata, what's up? What, what have you found? I've actually got some information about the real artist. Are you sure it's the real artist? Well... Because there's so much bull dust surrounding this story. I, I guess let me let me add it. Let me add it to it. All right, so when all of this stuff started to appear in the papers and everything, and yes, um, as you said, there is no evidence that George Mallory, Franchot, Seville or Don Benillo ever existed. So you can't find any information. But there is a real artist. And uh, we go back to the Fortean Times. And no, not the Fortean Times. The um, I think it's the Skeptical Inquirer. Oh, I think. And um, he actually managed to find him back in two thousand and nine. And he is an Italian. Was an Italian. His name was Bruno Am Amadio. I actually mentioned him right at the very beginning. Now, he when all of this stuff started to come up to the papers one person actually contacted um, this particular author here and said i knew the fellow that actually did the original paintings 
Yeah. And there's a photograph of him. Yes, I saw that photograph yes. today. Yes. So he was an older gentleman, probably in his 50s, when he started oh, that's doing... not old for that. I know, when he started doing <laughs> the paintings. And this guy, Antonio Castello, lived next door to him. Right. So he was a neighbour. He was a neighbour for 10 years. Now, Bruno, the um, the artist was actually a very talented artist. He actually did uh, teaching at the Academy of Venice and he was very good at what he did. But he was a teacher and he tried to create artworks to help him survive financially. And uh, when he started doing The Crying Boy, it sold really well. And so people kept on asking him to do more. Yeah. And he did. And it made him enough money to survive on. Now, this particular neighbour uh, actually bought the house that Bruno lived in oh, after yeah, Bruno yeah, yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, and so now It wasn't he, haunted? No, it wasn't haunted. Um, the reason why... And if you buy an original copy now... Um, of any of the works, they can go for over three and a half thousand dollars. So you've you've got a little not bit a of a no, no, no. Now he asked why um, Bruno used so many pseudonyms um, and actually signed the art by a different name. It's because of all of this stuff that went on so he that had to keep he heard. Kind of hide. Yeah, that he heard about the painting. That he was ashamed of actually putting his real name to it. Um, yes, and so that's why. Um, that's why we have the pseudonyms. That's, that's why we have the pseudonyms. Yeah. And the poor man died in 1981 of a disease of the esophagus. Oh, that'd be all the chemicals from the paint. But the legend lives on. The legend lives on. So, is it a true haunting or not? Abs- I don't think so. No. Um, but that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this one as much as we have, because I actually had a hoot doing this. I got. Mm right into it and then got overwhelmed by it as you do but we will be back next week with another episode don't forget your magic mind uh true hauntings discount get it while you can and guys we'll see you on the dark side and stay frightfully good bye thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show Give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. <laughs>